0: A quick story and then a few sentences of a a sermon and we'll come to the table. A few years ago, a decade or so ago, I was asked to be a part of a panel reviewing the book of a major scholar on baptism and the Lord's Supper. I had done my own PhD work on the Eucharist and so I was one of the younger scholars invited to respond. In his chapter on communion and on baptism, he kept using this phrase, as the people of God, blank, God's grace works. So he would say, for instance, in the, in the passage on baptism, he said, as healing happens, as the people of God confess their sins and turn from them. And he would say at the table, people receive the presence of Christ, as they receive it in faith. And so I stressed in my remarks that word, as, and made the argument that this chapter, as it is written, can be taken to mean one of two things. Either it can be taken to mean that God is waiting on us to be faithful, to show his faithfulness. It's as we are faithful that God's faithfulness comes to us that God is reacting to us as we do what we're supposed to do. Or it could mean that God is faithful to us and we arise into that faithfulness ourselves. And as that faithfulness of God in us starts to work itself out, we come aware that what we're doing is in fact what God is doing. So I presented this paper. When it was done, the man who was responding to me said, I have no idea. I didn't know there was so much stress on the as. He's like, I feel like my ass is on the line here. (laughs) When it was over, and he did that through the entire response, he just kept making that joke, which I won't keep doing. When it was over, the person who was chairing the session said, all of us will remember this as the night that Chris got his ass kicked. (laughs) I say all that to say, these texts today, the gospel and the epistle, are about that as. And there are two ways to understand. Notice what Jesus says, as the Father sent me into the world, so I send you. In 1 John, which we didn't read, it says, he is, God is light, in him there is no darkness at all. And as we walk in the light, as he is in the light, as we walk in the light, as he is in the light we have fellowship with one another and he cleanses us of our sins. Now this, I think, is where it's hard to make the shift. And and this is where I do feel like this is a prophetic moment for sanctuary because in the 20 plus years of this church, we have become a more and more fully sacramental church. And I wanted to say a quick word about that and we'll do the sacrament, which is, is what matters. There is a kind of religion that thinks that the outcome of your life is dependent upon you getting it right so that God's goodness can come to you. God, in that case, is rewarding your good behavior. So when you understand it that way and you hear the line, as we walk in the light, as he is in the light, We have fellowship with one another. The stress is on, get it right so God can bless you. Get it right so God can bless you. And whenever we think in those ways, we're thinking about a basic competition between God and us, and between us and everybody else. And one of the marks of that way of religion is that we're always setting ourselves over against other people. It's always a competition between God and us, and then once we are made right with God, between us and others. Because if you think God's blessing is dependent upon your performance, then when you get blessing, you assume you've performed. And from that point, you begin to despise those who have not performed. If there's blessing in your life, that means you've done what you should have done. If others are not receiving that blessing, obviously they didn't do what they should have done, because God would bless them. But that's not what we understand when we come to the table. What we we understand when we come to this table is that the as of God, in in that there is no competition. Think of it, and I am hurrying, I promise. Think Think of it like this. Jesus is God in the flesh. He says, the Father has sent me, and I work the works of my Father. And then what does he do? He passes that on to the apostles. And what does he tell them to do? Work the works of him who sent me. As the Father sent me, so I sent you. So you have Jesus comes, he fleshes the Father's will in the world. Then Jesus passes that on to the apostles who pass that on to others, who pass it on to others, who pass it on to others, who pass it on to us. And now we are holding that responsibility. As the Father sent them, he is sending us. Here's the thing about God. Not only is he not reacting or waiting on us to get it right, his action in us is creating in us the same reality that's in him. In him there is no darkness at all. And he is in the light. As we walk in him, as we walk in the light in him, everything that is in God by nature becomes ours by grace. Everything that is in God by nature becomes ours by grace. And it includes more and more and more and more people without anything ever being lost. When God is revealed in Christ, Christ is the fullness of God in flesh. When Christ passes his ministry on to the apostles, his grace does not diminish The apostles carry the fullness of his authority. When the apostles pass it on to the bishops and the priests and the deacons and the people of God, nothing is lost. It's the fullness of Christ's ministry. So when we come to the table in a moment and before that we confess our sins and Bishop Ed or Father Paul say, you are forgiven, that is Christ's authority speaking in fullness in Father Paul the millennial (laughs) because or, or Bishop Ed, the, the non-millennial, because, because here's, the thing, here's the thing about God, and this is the point of the sermon. The thing about God is that what he shares, he does not lose. What he gives is not lost. He is not diminished in what he gives to others, and neither should we be. The, what, we've ha- what we've seen this morning is our move just creates space for someone else. As we decrease, we are not losing. We are finding the root. We're finding the source. So we end in the gospel, the story of Thomas. Stand with me, if you will. We end in the story of Thomas. And what I want to stress for you is that we have to do what we see Jesus doing in that text. First thing is, the doors are locked. And Jesus appears in the locked room. So the first thing you need to understand about Jesus is you can't lock him out. And neither can anyone else. Jesus appears in locked rooms. He appears in locked rooms and he speaks peace. Peace to you. The kind of peace that comes when death has been defeated. The kind of peace that cannot be undone. The peace that passes understanding. He comes into the locked room. He speaks peace. He shows his side not his wounds. We often say he showed his wounds, but he didn't show his wounds. He showed where the wounds had been. He shows them his side because in resurrection, there aren't wounds or scars. There's just the place where we once were wounded and scarred. That's remembered, but he's not still bleeding. The wounds are, and that's a promise for you. There is a place in God in which you may have the side where you once were wounded, where you once were scarred, but that's not the end of the story. And then he appears, and this is the point I want to stress. He appears in locked rooms, speaks peace, and shows his side for the sake of people who are not there. Because that whole story in the gospel today is the setup for what's going to happen the next week with Thomas. The whole point of the story is that Jesus is giving you authority for the sake of the people who aren't here. We exist sanctuary for the sake of people who aren't here. Christoph Blumhardt, who was a Lutheran minister, said there are two conversions that every Christian must experience. The conversion from God from the world to God and from God back to the world. When you've only made the first conversion, you're obsessed with your righteousness your sins, and the sins of others as they affect you. When you're only converted from the world to God, you're concerned about who's in your room. You're concerned only about increasing. You're concerned only about appearing to be faithful. You're concerned only about the ways in which other people's decisions affect your life and your success. But when you turn with Christ back to the world, what matters is you're not so much worried about your sin, you're worried about how your sin affects others. You don't feel guilty because you did something bad. You feel guilty because you harmed someone else. And you're not celebrating your righteousness, you're celebrating the glory of God you see in others. When we come to this table in just a moment, there will be bread left over. Every week, there's bread and there's wine left because it's a witness. We're not whole yet. As long as there's food and drink on the table, that means there are people he's still gathering to us. And sanctuary, we are being pruned. We are coming back to the root. We are decreasing. But never forget, however many people they are, we don't know. However far into the future it reaches, we don't know. But we exist for the sake of those who are not here. And I leave you with this. You notice the first time Jesus appears, the doors are locked. He appears in a locked room. The second time, the doors are still shut, but they're not locked. There's progress. Grace may take a long time, but if you just give it time, you can move from a church that's locked against the outsider to a church that's just shut against the outsider to a church that throws open its doors to the outsider. That's who we are. That's who we have been. That's who we must be. That can't change. I'm stopping there.